You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. Well, I came here with just one drink. That's all I got now, don't you think? That's right. That's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the Line 1524. Oh, guys, how's it going? Good. Great. Good. Oh man, I tell you, we we uh, Benjamin's here tonight for sure. Had some issues with the soundboard. We'll call it Benjamin. We'll call it Benjamin. That's right. Lights That's right. pulsing. Exactly. Lights pulsing. Fists slamming. <laughs> hey, cat ball went off cat all its own right by you, Ruben. So he's sitting on the end of the bar. Yeah. So he better so, be quiet. <laughs> We're across the line 1524, and we are recording at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy, a little speakeasy outside of Brookville, Indiana. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. We're the 15 side. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt, and we're the 24 side. And our special guest... Mike Gardner. And I'm 24, so... We're outnumbered tonight, he's on, Alan. Yeah, he's on the good side. That's I'm on right. the good side. But you got control of the button, so... <laughs> I'm doing some adjusting there. It's amazing when you do a sound check... Everybody has a certain voice when they do a sound check, but when they start talking, it's totally different. So, Ruben will go, check, one, two, check, one, two. <laughs> and he'll talk like this. <laughs> Mike, on the other hand, was real loud during a sound check. Then it's like he's nervous, nervous now. Yeah, so, I'm nervous. He's real nervous. I get excited when we get it right. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. So, you guys had, you guys all have a good week? Great week. Great week at the shop. Funk, funky week. It was a funky couple weeks, but it's you're about you're looking yeah. over the horizon now. Yeah, good week. Not take a little bad. time off. Yeah. Jeff's Jeff's got something exciting going on this week, right? Yeah, Jeff? we talked about it last uh, last podcast yeah. too, yeah. but heading out to Oregon for awesome. daughter. So that'll wedding. be we got another podcast log. So he'll be home by the time this one comes out. Yeah, so yeah. It's all good, Mike. How about you? Well, I had an inter- interesting couple of weeks. Uh, this week was busy at work. Last week was uh, a COVID week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. I got a vacation. There you go. <laughs> so, oh, did you know, you? A lot the, of cocoa melon. Is that the first first time around or second time around? Have you had it? Is that your first, first time you actually? First time I, well, uh, third time I've been exposed to COVID. Okay. Uh, I didn't catch it. But I was exposed to somebody in my family that had it. Okay. So you were quarantining. I was quarantining, yes. I was being responsible. Forced vacation. <laughs> yeah, in Forced fact, vacation. he was scheduled to be on the podcast last right. week with Tony, and didn't, he texted and goes, hey, waiting on test results back. <laughs> Right. Then he's like, hey, if it comes back clear, I'll see old man's breakfast. <laughs> well, we didn't see him at old man's breakfast. At 7.15, I got him Saturday morning. Oh, no, there you like, go. Oh, I yeah. guess I'd go down, but. I missed old man's breakfast last Saturday. That was actually all. Yeah, we yeah. noticed. What we the noticed. heck? You had the time to take up the slack for me and Jeff, and then you don't go. Jeez. Trust me, if you knew what I even walked in there and said, hey, Ruben's going to be here. We need to keep place. Seven oh five, seven ten, seven fifteen. I got a hug and a business deal I had to go deal with, and it wasn't good on a Saturday morning. Well, that's so. why you eat breakfast at Old Man BFW first. <laughs> Old Man's breakfast makes everything first. better. That's, that's right. Makes everything that's right. Better. 
So as usual, we're doing a taste test, and Mr. Gardner brought us over a bottle of, before we get going, we've tasted Blackened before, Yes. which is the uh, mashup between Metallica and Dave Pickerel. That's how it all got started. But if you've noticed, and it may be because I look at bourbon a lot and talk about bourbon a lot, but on my Facebook when I'm on there, I've been getting these ads for this new Blackened. I haven't seen this ad. Yeah, you, I, you I talked either. about it. So. Yeah, so... And, and and Mike goes, oh, I, I got black, and I'll take care of that. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, it's not this because there's two different blackens. There's right. a blackened that um, the blended the bl- blended rye that we looked at, and then there's this new in it. And if you look up what the suggested retail price on it is on it, you're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Mike walks through the door with the blackened Willet. Uh, there's a new series. It's a, a the American series coming out with with. Metallica and Willet. Um, and here it is. We also have a playlist. Can you imagine that? So, as always, you want to talk about how Blacken's made, Dwayne? Well, the, you found it the first time. Yeah, I found it the first time. The Blacken, um, the blended whiskey was made with uh, Metallica. They play their music. There was a Bose designed the sound system that plays the music into the barrel each barrel has its own set so the theory is the different set and different vibrations from the different songs create a different flavor right. i personally i bought a second bottle of blackened and i haven't got to try it yet back to back so i'll just i'll bring it back that'll be another evening i'll bring both bottles both barrels and we can do a side-by-side taste test i have a third barrel to bring too okay so we can <laughs> see if there is a difference between right. the two to two barrels so that's so, the, the story behind so it. So this is part of the playlist for that bottle right there. It's good uh, What's great is you can uh, go to Spotify or Apple Music, and they have the playlist already uploaded. So you can listen to the playlist as you're sampling the bourbon, which I would love to do, but somebody's got the bottle. And he won't give it up. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> it's not bourbon. It's a rye. It's a rye, it's a rye whiskey. It's a rye. Yes. I like the color of that. I mean, it's a so real. So that's the also part of it. So it's finished differently. It's finished very rich looking. And yeah. I gotta pull that up. I had it all up here. Madeira casks. It's finished in. So it's not your standard bourbon barrel, right? So here we go. So I guess, oh man, I should see the crack that bottle. Yeah. yeah, that's got a childproof thing on. I may not get be able to get it open. <laughs> so this just came out in September. Uh, it's a limited edition. Oh, oh look at that sound. Nice. Oh. <laughs> you couldn't have faked that if you tried. <laughs> that was the real McCoy. That was it, brother. Okay, pour, so... Pour that stuff. So, uh... Mr. Gardner, Mike, I'd like to ask you a question because I don't know. Is I, I tried Willet bourbon here a while back with uh, another guest we had on. Loved it. I thought it was great bourbon. All right. Uh, let, we talking let me, let me pause here a second. Okay. Are you sure it was a Willet bourbon? Yep. Or was it a Willet rye? I don't know. I need to. I know it was a Willet. I'm going to so tell you it was, it was what? probably a Willet rye. Okay. Uh, one of our guests brought it. It was really good. I've been trying to get a Willet bourbon for 10 years. Okay. And I don't have it yet. 
Okay. Yeah, so the Willa... I need to check that. A lot of the rise, Willa included, are NGP products. So, we're going to do this right. So, we're going to smell it. Well, I forgot we, we've got the experts over here with us. <laughs> we've got Mary. Here. I forgot Ruben's glass. He forgot Mary my Mary and Terry. Terry's right there, right behind you. Oh, so, wow. the question is, did I really forget your glass? <laughs> Man, it's probably holding out on me. Gentlemen and ladies. Ladies, cheers. Cheers. Got a good nose on it. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Oh wow, some good rye whiskey right there. You don't, I definitely taste the rye in this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's not. It's not crazy sharp. But no, it's, it's it's there. Yeah, but it's yeah. there. Yeah, that's, that's good. Stuff. That's good. Isn't it amazing how our it, taste has changed just in a few months? <laughs> that's got a great flavor. Developed. Yeah. It's yeah. got yeah. multiple flavors to it. And you guys would have matured. Would have never have drank <laughs> no. the proof that this is yeah, earlier g- on. Can you guess what the proof is, Dwayne? Oh, I'm guessing it's I probably 115. 109. Almost 110. Yeah, it's yeah. you can I mean it's you can taste. Well, it's amazing. That. So, so even like the Yellowstone that we tasted last week was one ten. So it's yeah. we're ever since the tasting that you guys yeah. took us on. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you too. Again, it's all my fault. Blame me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the Yellowstone tasting where they had the same barrel, different proofs. Different proofs. And I found it's myself a, yeah. liking the, the higher, higher proof. proof. Yeah, it was a better this taste is, on a lot yeah, of exactly. this. Is very good. Yep. It's a, it has a lot of different flavors. I can really pull the sentiment out of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's good. It's uh, that is really Mary. Good. What do you think? She likes it. I mean, this doesn't need a a, a chunk of ice or nothing. This is just good. <laughs> on a, it is very on sweet. A cold yeah. winter night. Oh yeah. Hey, Danny, yeah. You know what? It's raining tomorrow. You know it goes <laughs> close enough. It goes really well. <laughs> it goes really well with the music. Yeah. It does. It does. So once it's again, good. if you're out there, it's the black, and it's, you're gonna have a tough time getting it. So it's a black and by Willet. Um, so it is produced by Willet, but is aged at. See, there's a bunch of amber. things. There's sweet amber distilling. It does the aging. So, well, this is very good. Very good. I think I like it better. I definitely like it. It's not that I didn't like the original black and. Oh yeah, this is. This better. is just. Yeah, this is different. Better. A lot smoother and. Well, and it's just different. Right. I mean, it's but, it's got a ton of flavors in it. Yeah. It really does. But there's not a burn in it. It's no, just it's good, good. Yeah. for that much proof. So we should drop an ice cube in it. Just it's got a, it's got a great yeah. red tint to it. Hey, yeah. Mr. Montag, oh, you can just Metallica. bring that up. Oh, he's That's on what, it. He's, he's got every it. Metallica playing in the background. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Jeff said. This is the perfect bourbon for the music. So when we were in Kentucky on the barrel pick, you guys figured it out that everybody's related to everybody. Yeah, yes, right. And, yeah. and all all the distilleries are all all connected. connected. So, the master distiller that came up with Blacken was Dave Pickerel. Correct. And Dave Pickerel was the master distiller at Maker's, Maker's Mark, and brought them from a 175 barrel a year company to a million barrels a year company. So he made them. He put he put them on the map. Um, yeah, I mean, this is so for folks that don't know. So, Metallica and Pickerel had got this idea, put oh, it all wow. together, 
they met with a distiller in California. And basically right after they met with him and cut the deal, Pickerel passed away. Passed away. So that was unfortunate. But, you know, the blacking goes on. I'm sorry. Did you say Pickerel passed away? Yeah. Yeah. 62. Yeah. This is delicious. The ice, I didn't know if the ice was going to make it better, but... It doesn't hurt it. It doesn't hurt it. But um, the, the, it doesn't need it though. The very first tasting no. I went to, Dave Becker, I'll put it on. Oh wow! And I got to meet him, and he knew more than I ever could even fathom. So speaking of facts, wow. speaking of facts on bourbon. <clears throat> so what makes a bourbon a bourbon? That's got to be fifty for fifty-one percent corn at least. Okay. Next. Has to be in Kentucky. No, wrong. wrong. I'm, I'm going to be testing you guys here. The U.S. What the heck? It has, it has to be brewed in a barrel. It has to be made. Oak barrel. Brand new oak barrel. Charred, Charred, Charred oak. Yep. What else? Am I forced to drink another one since I made one wrong? <laughs> well, this is yeah. this is we'll going to be. Down here. Yeah. <laughs> Next. There's a minimum age of. Yes. So guess what? That's not true. So here's what I want to tell you. No. So everybody says there's a minimum age of two years. That's what they'll tell you. That's only if it's straight whiskey. Straight bourbon. Yeah. Straight whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, there's this is what we deal with every week. He has all the answers, and we get we always get it wrong and look like you know. Well, it's going to get worse. I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) It's because he studies and doesn't tell us. So he he, he sent out he sent out this like agenda, but it has none of this. He's he's the the Ken Jennings of the podcast. I I think it says item three says what makes bourbon bourbon, and are you sure? So, what else to make it a bourbon? Actually, there's a big long list. So, but we'll start with fifty-one percent corn. Yep. Yep. Oak charred barrel. Charred yep. barrels. Plus two years of no. no that's, that's wrong. That's right. Come on, Ruben. Is we whiskey found or out bourbon? We said whiskey or bourbon. No bourbon. bourbon. Okay. It doesn't. A straight. Okay. A, a bourbon is a whiskey. Okay. Right. So but it's whiskey's gotta, not bourbon. Right. Not all. Not all whiskey right. is bourbon. Right. But to be classified as a straight whiskey, it's got to be at least two years. Right. And if it's under four, it has to blatantly say on the label it's under a four okay. year. Right. Most, in fact, you won't find well, you I'm won't fine. find one up there because your taste comes from the barrel. Right. I mean, that's where the flavoring comes from. So, all right. So that's the three things we'll we'll say for now. Next podcast, we'll go into a couple more. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Jeez. Tick-tock, well, tick-tock. Wah, wah, wah. But we're drinking rye, so. <laughs> we're drinking rye. This is a rye. Yeah, this, this is, is a rye. rye. This is very good. Thank you, You're Mike welcome. and Terry. This is delicious. Absolutely, absolutely. So, moving. you guys right away get, when I saw that. We're getting spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I need to verify that last Willet that we had here. I can't remember. Honestly. Who brought it? Curtis. Curtis uh, Gilman brought it. Yeah. But I bet you it was a rye. It's not here because he took it back with it. Yeah. Oh, I thought he so, left that one. You it sure? was a rye. Okay. I thought he put it on the shelf. No, no he took it no, with him. No. No. Curtis, you need to bring it back. <laughs> In fact, we were on the way to Key West, and I found the at the Cincinnati airport, had it, and I wanted to buy it and bring one back. And I and I, we come back, and I forgot to grab it. But they sold it in the airport. <clears throat> All right. So, our next topic. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of the starship 
Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Oh, there you go. That's old school. Good job, man. So that's old school because two days ago, James Tiberius Kirk became the oldest man to enter space at the age of 90. William Shatner. um, I don't care what it is. That is just cool. That is pretty cool. cool. I'll tell you what the coolest thing about it was. Is I watched it, you know, afterwards on YouTube and all the places. Yeah. So all the other people are doing flips and all kind of stuff. Yeah. He's, he's just, looking at the Earth, and his words are, "Wow, wow, yeah. that's right. the Earth." I mean, it's just. Yeah. And his comments were awesome. I mean, he had like a revolutionary moment. He's like, "Oh my," you know. He he, I think he felt like he touched something. Didn't? Don't you? Yeah, I think he, so too. Oh I yeah, so. I think he, it's you know it's one of those things that you yeah know, he. The feeling, the feelings he had, I think any of us would have in a situation like oh, that. So, you know, you go, you go back through times where you had something happen, and it was just that, that euphoric moment. And yes, I, I'll tell you one of mine sim- that would probably the one I can think of that I would be si- it would be similar for me or as close to that for me yep. was standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and looking down in <laughs> yes. that monster yes. and going. Wow! wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, it made the hair stand up. On I mean, be quite honest with you, it made me tear up just a little bit because I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. And if you've never been there on the edge of that, makes that, you feel small. Oh, oh I know. You, you know, you look over. So it. just imagine, oh. imagine that's you know a hundred times you know, for right. what uh, for what you know he felt. Well, and he know, spent his entire career, and ed- and and all of his acting was around space. So and he finally well, got to experience. Yeah. Well, not only that, but Star Trek as whole. And we talked about in one of our first podcasts. We talked about movies and TV. Yeah, we Star did. Star Trek. Uh, w- a lot of the things that were in Star Trek and Star Trek <laughs> period carrying. drew people to the whole space idea. It did. You know, right. the yeah, first space shuttle was called Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah, that's right, the Enterprise. Uh, look at the, the transponders, or they're not the transponder, so but their first yeah. communicator. So yeah. What did it look like? Cell the phones. first flip like phone. Flip phone. First yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, tricorders. I mean, yeah. they got all kind of things that that are derivatives. Now, are. when they get that, here's the deal: we need the damn transporter. That ain't no kidding. Then, I, can't I, was, wait. I was thinking the same. We can tell our Legion Airlines to kiss our butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can pay ourselves the Key West anytime, man. <laughs> But I think it's just so cool. There's a whole generation that doesn't really know who he is uh, yes. as far as his contributions, well, and I, probably. I, Ruben touched on it. And if you saw them talking to him after he got out of there and he's standing outside and just that was, you know, for all the acting he's done, that right there, that was a real moment. And he was, yeah. I mean, he was absolutely just overwhelmed. He saw, he overwhelmed. what he's quote, he saw life on earth and he saw death in the dark. And for him to think about that, I mean, you think of this guy, he spent his entire career acting in a show that was strictly around something he got to see at the first time at the age of 90. 90 well, years old. And you got to think, crazy. too, you know, as we all get older, you start thinking of your life and different. I mean, he's at the. Yes. Clo- you know, at 90 years old, you're you're at your peak there. So you got to be thinking he, that had to be playing through his mind, too, that, my God, you know, here, you know, like you said, I've had this career, I've right. had all this thing, and he's still sharp as a tack. 
but then to be able to get to do that before you know you leave he's this almost world, come full circle right right we're right. you know what do you how do you top that <laughs> yeah right. i don't know how you do and you know i mean even all that put together the fact that the man's 90 right i mean for me right away i'm like if he's 90 good god i'm definitely getting old (laughs) right well that too that's true well and again because he was young with us right oh yeah do you realize that the year 2000 wasn't just a couple years ago it was 20 years ago 21 years ago yeah the world was going to end wasn't it oh yeah Yeah, but look at look at the technology that i mean the get him up there for a few hours and then land him safely back you know when we were kids watching watching nasa send guys up and back and it was cool yeah yeah, it was like you know it was you know it's something about big big risk we all feel this way about how we're excited for him. How do you think Jeff Bezos feels? Well, he's he's got to help make it happen. Yeah, well, he's going to make awesome. it happen for a lot more people. And sure. quite honestly, That's awesome. folks like Jeff and Elon Musk are what's making the space program yes. happen now right, right, in right. conjunction with NASA. Yeah. When Private. NASA was all government funded, there were so many, I don't want to say much red tape, but there was. I mean, now you have private individuals who have different thought processes different ideals and financial backing. and look we have two private companies now making flights into space well We're, don't forget and the, Ver, uh, uh, virgin air yeah. yeah. well and, you know 20 years ago they said space is not going to be a future unless you private unless the private right yeah. can get in there involved in it the, and because the, the competition drives for future right and i, I yes. think that's what it is the amazing thing to me is where they're bringing the rockets back and landing them. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, the first time I saw that when they landed it on a oh, ship in the Falcon ocean. Falcon Heavy was amazing. It's like, it oh, my God. You know, to think they're bringing this thing back down and landing right, it. Right. Just you know, not not just it, getting it just up there. It down. Yeah, just bring it back down. And on a ship in the ocean, moving. 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 Okay, I, right. you know, and I know why they did it there. They said, because if it fails, it's not going to hurt anything. Oh, great. And I think then the first one they well, missed. Well, the, the three, yeah. three, the, the three returned. Two hit the ground. One went to the went went to the floating pad and missed. Right, but but still, but still the trajectories were correct. They got it close, and I then mean, they did it, and it's like, oh my god, that is just amazing. Yeah, the whole thing's amazing. All right, guys, it's time to take a short break because we got sponsors. We got to take care of them. Awesome. But when we come back, we're going to talk about one of my favorite holidays. Come the boogie man. We'll be right back across the line. 1524. Are you tired of hearing the same old songs over and over on the radio? Every single hour, the same tune? What's well, time for something different? Check out Hometown Radio USA. The best independent music, hits from yesterday, hits from today, podcasts, and so much more. Hometown Radio USA, you can find it on the web at www.hometownradiousa.com or at the App Store or on Google Play. Hometown Radio USA, reimagining radio and coming to you in your hometown. You know, it's about time to restock the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with some fine liquors. There's only one place we go for that. When we're in Brookville, we shop at Tebby's. Liquor store downtown Brookville, Indiana on Main Street. They have a selection of beer, wine, liquors, vodkas, your seltzers, whatever you want right here 
in Brookville, Indiana. Give them a shout. Stop in and say hi. Now, if you're out towards Batesville, Indiana, check out Batesville Liquor Co. They've got a huge selection. They're in what used to be a grocery store. Now it's filled with alcohol. They've got selections of bourbons, selections of wines, vodkas, whiskeys, you name it, they've got it. Located in Batesville, Indiana. So whether you're in Batesville or Brookville, we got two spots for you to hit. Check them out. Tebby Leckers in Brookville and the Batesville Liquor Company out in Batesville, Indiana. Tell them to cross the line 1524 crew sent <laughs> All right, we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt. And Mike Gardner. And our friends at Table 12. Come on. There we go. They're too busy drinking. <laughs> we always we always have a good time, but it seems like our times are escalated when Mike and Terry Gardner yeah, yeah, are here. <laughs> they bring so, treats. So while we were after toys. we did our last taste test and while we were talking about James Tiberius Kirk, Terry was up here pouring little shots of Maple bourbon cream. Made by? Hard, Hard Truth. Out Hard of Truth. Nashville, Indiana. A little liqueur. Nice. So we met the folks from Hard Truth, good guys. guys. So we're going to eventually make our way there, do a podcast with them. Very good. And uh, it'll be a good time. Good time. All I know is I see a Hard Truth maple bourbon cream liqueur float with some ice cream and maybe a little root beer with it. Oh, Pour that over French vanilla ice cream. That'd be good. Oh, oh, yeah. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Am I right? I'm <laughs> telling you. Open a shop right now. Oh, my Golly, goodness. That's good. An adult, can- adult ice cream <laughs> store. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's dancing? I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an So we're going to talk about one of, our fa- one of my favorite holidays. Christmas is my favorite. Uh, hey, 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 oh, hey, 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 Table 12 just, just stole our bottle. Stole the bottle. <laughs> what the? Be careful, they might steal the podcast before it's over. Yeah. But coming up, we have the holiday of... Halloween. Halloween. So does anybody want to take a stab at how the Halloween started? Holiday of Halloween, it started. Any I, guesses? I knew, this, I knew this once upon a time, but I'm going to give up. Dwayne? I, I actually did a little research. Oh, he's looking. He's looking. <laughs> no, I had it on my phone, but it was actually in um, uh, the Irish started it. And I was reading briefly on it. We didn't get our homework assignment until late, and I was busy, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time on it. Um, But I do know it was Ireland started it, and there's a lot more into it than what I thought. And i got to take a break because all my stuff on Halloween is in my truck. I'll be (laughs) right back. All right. Here at the Speakeasy, it's the We're we're back here. We're talking about the origins of Halloween. So Halloween is when? October 31st every year. That's right. And it used to be growing up, we went trick or treat on, on October thirty first. We didn't go the thirtieth, the twenty right. eighth. Right. We didn't. It didn't matter if it was a Monday, a Sunday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday. Rain, when you snow, or whatever. Yep. That's when we trick or treated. Right. and there wasn't trunk or treat. No. It was trick or treat. Yeah, Thank now it's you. scheduled. I get tired of that. All right. Thank you. So the and there was a lot more tricking going on back then. Yeah, there was. That's, that's what that's made another, it a treat. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the tradition started. We're probably safe, aren't we? Probably. The tradition or, or, uh, originated 
in the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. People would like bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as All Saints Day. All Saints incorporated some of the traditions of the Simon uh, the evening before, and it was known as All Hallows' Eve, and later Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved to a day of activities like trick-or-treating, caving jack- carving jack-o'-lanterns. We've had too many whiskey tastings. It's okay, brother. <laughs> Festive gatherings, donning costumes, and eating treats. So the ancient origins, the Celtic festival of Samhain, actually pronounced Samhain, um, was 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that now is Ireland. The United Kingdom and Northern France. So it was in conjunction with the new year, which started on November 1st. So we'll skip some of this stuff. It gets, it talks about the droids and not the droids. The, the droids? droids? Droids. We don't That's like right. droids. Droids were ruling 2,000 years ago. Droids. Were so, I mean, this goes Druids. Yeah, so. It's droids. Alan said it, so it's droids. So in 43 AD, the Roman Empire conquered the Celtic territories. So now it was all combined into a Celtic celebration. Um, All Saints Day, actually, it all the whole All Saints thing started back May thirteenth, six oh nine eighty, by Pope Boniface the Fourth. That's old stuff there. So I'm just going to say it right. I'm going to say it right here, right now. I've just learned more about Halloween than I really cared to know. Yeah. And this isn't just this isn't just your drinking bourbon show. This no. is an education. Yeah, okay. to okay. so the, the celebration in ha- uh, for Halloween was limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief system there. That's much more common in Maryland. This is after the colonies came over. You know, started colonies. Yep. Right. Uh, uh, here's a little known fact. We're just going to stick in there. Did you know? More people, especially millennials, are buying costumes for their pets. <laughs> I, I do know that because so 20, that's a whole and other 20, story. In 2018, 20% of millennials bought costumes for their pets. So let me ask you something. When you were kids, did you ever buy a costume for any of your pets? Absolutely no. not. No. <laughs> no. Just curious. No. No, we have a... Hey, $2.5 billion dollar enterprise now, right? So, uh, <laughs> oh, think about it. Trick-or-treating, when do you think that started? 1943. Late 1800s. You're, you're close, though. I was getting... Were, I'm doing it, the cliff notes here. Hey, you were a couple thousand years ago, so You were inside of a hundred years. Hey, that was pretty good. That's when you started trick-or-treats. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I am the youthful exuberance of this spot. Exuberance. What are some of you guys' good Halloween memories growing up? I mean, I'd have some. Well, you're th- oh, I have some good ones. Yeah. I mean, my, I have a very simple one, and, and I was thinking about this on the way down here, actually, because where we grew up on 46, there wasn't, I mean, our houses weren't very close. So we did, you know, you go to the neighbors, but down the street from us was my cross the street neighbors, mom and dad. And when we were kids, we'd ride down the hill, and my neighbor's dad always sat at the window. And even in the summertime, we'd ride down the hill and just coast up to the window and chat with him. and and then go on our way. Well, you know, trick-or-treating come, and they were elderly, so didn't have a lot of visitors. And so that was our point. You know, Mom would always say, hey, make sure you go down, go down to the Norbeck. So we'd go down there. Well, then my brothers were all getting older. 
there was a couple years where my mom and Kai kind of you know got something dressed up just to go down there, right? Because it meant as much to them it does as it did to me, and I didn't care what I got. Because like I said, we'd go down there in the summer. You know, if it was a nice day and his windows open, we'd ride down the hill. Hey, you know what you doing? Just chat for a minute, and then off we'd go back doing whatever we were doing. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a memory that stuck for a long time. And like I said, it meant as much or more to them than it did to us. It's a great memory, you know. Right, Jeff. How about you? The rest were illegal. I don't know if I have a particular one. I mean, again, uh, where I grew up, I had to go to, you know, Brookfield to trick or treat. There wasn't any trick or treating out where I lived, right. and uh, and uh, when I was younger, our church, along kind of paired up with a couple other churches, and they would have a, a Halloween party for the kids yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, one in particular, I was probably six or seven. My oldest brother Joe was in in uh, in the army uh, during Vietnam. And he happened to be home, but not, and the, fa- the family knew he was home, but no, none of the neighbors or anything knew he was home. So he he came to the church Halloween party as a cardboard box. So <laughs> that's Joe. So, now listen, yeah, it's a cardboard box, and I knew he was in there. And so there's this box like walking around the room. Now you can imagine he's in a squat inside this box. And you can see a flashlight, like on the shining the out from under. So if you know my brother Joe, he always had a book. So he's at the Halloween party in this box in a squat, reading, reading a book. A book. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's until, no, what else do you do in a box by yourself? <laughs> well, if you, like I said, if you're like him, you always had a book. So, so anyway, I re- I remember that. But yeah, I mean. Um, some good Halloween parties, and then you know when we were teenagers and stuff, some good, uh, good haunted houses that uh, that we went to. So the cat ball um, just went off next to the So I didn't see it. Yep. yep. Hey Benjamin. So that's that's kind of it for me. It's nothing nothing super specific, but that's cool. Yeah. Now, and especially since I know Joe, I just can see that. And just in there reading a the book while he's walking around. <laughs> yeah. That's just funny. Yeah. Mike, how about you? I mean, I have. Vague memories early on that were fun. After that, in high school, man, I still probably can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Statue of limitations. We'll just let that at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of with you on a few of those too. Yeah, right. Ruben. <laughs> well, I, you know, I remember uh, Halloween as a kid being the only time of the year we really got anything from candy and stuff. We didn't get a lot. Uh, so, you know, I, I, what I missed about is I grew up in a small town of Cedar Grove, outside of Cedar Grove, which is very small. And, and uh, I remember I always liked the places where you go where the people actually made you come in and you had to either bob for apples or get uh, corn balls or, or something like that, caramel. And I remember, you know, certain families that always gave us the same thing. In fact, there's still a family in Cedar Grove. <laughs> if we take the grand or grandkids out, I always stop there because they always make the caramel corn balls right and a uh, family since i was a kid but you, you know that was the way it was when i was a when i was a kid and i grew up in somewhat you know mediocre means and stuff so you didn't get a lot but i remember times at trick-or-treating in brookville as a kid we would take pillowcases and be full no oh, completely yeah. full oh, of yeah. candy oh, yeah. and you know you yeah. remember those days and then you go back and go god we that was so much fun back then right yeah. so now i mean we trick or treat wouldn't like my son lives in town so we all go to his house and like trick or treat is like a party right 
we set up on the couch. We put tables out and we get all that stuff. But in the little town of Cedar Grove is like adult trick or treat. Yeah. Okay. So you could take your kids around adult trick or treat or trick or treat in the Cedar Grove. And in almost all the houses, they have a table set up with chili and hot dogs and adult beverages and for everybody yeah. and for the yeah. kids. And it's a great time. And uh, so I always call Cedar Grove the adult trick-or-treat town. It's a good time. But Didn't I remember that. some of those days. Yeah. It's a lot of good times. But uh, yeah, it's good That's stuff, awesome. though. Yeah, so I grew up in Logan. And at the time, when I grew up there, there wasn't much there. And, you know, we go to a couple houses next door to go trick-or-treating. But one year, uh, the folks that lived a couple houses down stopped and they had a couple kids older than me and said, hey, we're going to take you trick-or-treating. So they had just opened a subdivision up in Bright, Indiana, the lone subdivision at the time in Bright, Indiana. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So we went trick-or-treating, and I'll never forget. I mean, I had like a a pillowcase full of candy. I think it took me like two months to eat it all. But, I mean, that was just – and then I think when I got older, it was – uh, when I took my kids trick or treating, you yeah, know right. that was a big deal. Uh, you know to see them get dressed up, go get the candy. You know then sort through the candy and and I had two boys, so some of them like this candy but not this, and they'd swap candies back and yeah, forth. And right. I'd find it, you know, behind the bed about July, the stuff that I hadn't gotten <laughs> eaten. <laughs> but it's all it was all good. It was all good. So you know it's funny. You know, Alan, you remember those days, and I remember those days, but kids don't get to experience that. You know, you made it a point, like Dwayne said, you made it a point to go see certain people. Right. And you really did. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm going down to the Richmond family because, you know, I know they're giving popcorn balls. Right. right. Or they're right. making car- real right. carameled right. apples. Right. Car- When's apples. the last time you guys had a real caramel apple? Oh, it's been forever. I remember when they came out with those, and I think they still have them, the wraps yeah, you the could put wraps. around them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Them. I mean, yeah. that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, aunt, my Aunt Betty down the other way on the street – always made homemade carameled apples yes so i mean we made sure you went down that way because usually there wasn't a lot of kids going around and she made way too many so we'd usually get more than right. one so yeah that was one of them you always made sure you went down to her hers but now i mean who the as sad as the world is, is you don't trust it anymore right you know is yeah. it safe yeah. you know you don't now then you knew everybody that you either were related to them or you knew them and it you was know, a lot uh, safer. You could. We had Alan mentioned at the beginning of this that trick or treat is supposed to be on the Halloween night, right? Yes. <laughs> I remember a few years back. I'll let you guys do it or not, but the, the town of Brookville, a certain subdivision, said that they're not going to do that. They're going to have trick or treat on their own night. Well, <laughs> that got around everybody, and that subdivision got bombarded Bomb. oh. for trick or treats. And uh, yeah, I, I mean bombarded. Bad because they were only going to have their own trick or treat. They only wanted their own kids. They didn't want anybody else coming. And guess what? Everybody showed up, and uh, it's, it was pretty funny. But the trick or treat, if you did it all one night, it's supposed to be on Halloween. It's supposed to be fun. Adults supposed to be involved, and you should have a good time. Rain, and, snow, whatever, didn't matter. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It didn't matter. I love it. Well, good deal. Good deal. You know, it just it's you got to have fun like that. Got to have right. fun like you that. You do. <laughs> So we're going to, when we come back, we're taking a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the origin of jack-o'-lanterns. Guys, remember Bibles carving pumpkins? Oh, yeah. Great time. So we're going to talk about that when we get back. Across the line, 1524. Top Sale Hemp provides affordable CBD and hemp products that help alleviate pain and ailments due to arthritis and inflammation. According to a poll conducted by the Arthritis Foundation, 
71% of all patients reported CBD improved their ability to sleep, while 67% reported improvements in their physical function. Top Sale Hemp has something for everybody, from CBD pain cream to oils and more. Find your peace and relaxation using Top Sale Hemp's proven lab-tested CBD products. They can be found at TopSaleHemp.com. Use discount code 15 24 to get your 10% discount today. Top Sale Hemp. Go check them out. Hey, y'all. It's here's Big Bubble again. I'd like to tell you about one of our other services we offer. It's the Big Bubba's Ghost Busting Services. That's right. You might have a wayfaring spirit. Maybe some poltergeist flying around. Maybe just a green slimy ball and you need to get rid of it. Just give us a call. We'll get our pitchforks, our scoop shovels, throw the cattle racks on the truck and we'll take care of it for you. We actually just bought some new equipment straight off of eBay. We got us one of them there proton packs, along with a mini ecto-containment unit. We're not quite sure how to use those yet, but we were told if you have those, you ain't ever afraid of no ghosts. That's right. Give us a call. Big Bubba's Ghost Hunting Services. Big Bubba's Ghost Hunting Services. Not licensed in the United States? Please make sure you sign all the waivers and forms. Good luck. So we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt. Mike Gardner. And we're talking Halloween, and we're going to talk about the origin of jack-o'-lanterns. I mean, that was that was the, always the, all the fun thing, too. Oh, yeah. And it was fun when I was a kid, and even more fun when I was an adult and helping my kids carve them out, you know. Yeah. It's So any guesses of where the origins... And I know Dwayne's looking on his phone right now. Origins Cheater. of jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> Uh, you're allowed to cheat on this one. The practice of decorating jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland, where large turnips and potatoes served as the early canvases. In fact, the name jack-o'-lantern comes from an Irish folktale about a man named Stingy Jack. How about that? Huh. Stingy Jack. Stingy Jack. I don't want to tell you the story about Stingy Jack. I was going to say, I what want to Steve know more do? about Stingy What's Jack. Stingy. Stingy. Stingy, Stingy Jack. Stingy. The legend of Stingy Jack. Not like Billy Jack. That sounds like Stingy a song. Jack. <laughs> no hat required. There you go. People have been making jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. The pra- practice originated from an Irish myth about a man nicknamed Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy the drink. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross, which pre- which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. So he stayed pretty smart. Pretty smart. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year, and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. 
The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross in the tree's bark so the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for another 10 more years. Wow. There's more. There's more. Soon after, though, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the tricks Jack had played on him and keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. So he sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal in a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply Jack o' Lantern. That's nice. how it all got started. Yeah, that's a great story. That's yeah. So who would have thought, you know? So don't, don't you know? De- that's a, no, it's a great story. God wouldn't let him in. The devil wasn't allowed to. You know, that should be told to a lot of the youth today so they would understand what that is. I think it's a great that's story. That's pretty cool. It pretty is cool. Pretty, it is. Well, I've got some other information here. Imagine I to, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alan, they're really on you tonight. So I, I apologize. Before, before you jump into that, I, here's, here's what I... Do you see how pro we're getting at this? Because Alan started this this part up, and two of us didn't even have our ear earphones on. <laughs> and, hey, and we did not miss a, a beat. beat. Um, yep. Unlike, Mike and I were completely minute, in the conversation. Minute, Unlike last week, Blake, when, we, when we went around and introduced everybody, and somebody was on his cell phone, didn't even hear us talking. He had his headphones on. Yeah. Here, here's how it went. I'm Alan Stanger. Dwayne Bishaw. Jeff Montag. Click, clock, click. <laughs> and then <Dead> silence. silence. <laughs> so, I had a lot of issues last week, I admit. Then he so, goes, it was like a, oh, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> I was on my phone. No. Uh, it's all good. Uh, you guys will like this. Uh, a couple of you will. This is about honey. I'm on part of a, a food group with the Sugar Shack and all that kind of stuff. So part of this story is an older story, a couple years old, but then it's been updated. Uh, and people are going to be shocked. If you listen to the commercial we have online about honey, uh, it's uh, Hoosier Creek Farm. And at the end of the commercial, I say, how do you know if it's real honey if you don't, don't know, know the, the beekeeper? beekeeper? So a new testing method revealed nearly half the honey hold, sold in Australia, one of the world's largest exporters of honey, it's diluted with cheap sweeteners like rice syrup, wheat syrup, and sugar beet syrup. Yep. 12 of the 28 honey samples taken from grocery stores around the country tested in a reputable lab in Germany turned out to be mostly some form of cheap sugar syrup, not honey. The scary thing is all these honey brands had passed official government purity test. There's a new test out now that you can test it a little bit further. While 28 of the samples passed official government C4 sugar test, only 14 passed a new NMR test. It goes in a little bit farther. In 2018, a study found an additional 27% of Australian honey brands had been watered down with cane sugar or corn syrup using the traditional C4 testing methods. It also says it's 76%. We're going to talk about our country. A lab analysis showed that 76% of honey sold in the United States had no pollen in it. Indicated, what's that mean, guys? It's been processed. Well, it means right. it's it's been 
extreme filtered extreme, and yes. the reason the reason they do that is to that you can't genetically tell where this stuff came from that's right right, right. and no so they can blend indicon- it. Indi- indicating it probably sourced illegally from ch- china which yep. is diluted with cheap sweeteners and contains illegal antibodies well, and it's 76% not. of the grocery stores and 100% of samples from drugstores and fast food restaurants contain no pollen. Yeah. Removal of all pollen from honey makes no sense, said the president of the American Honey Producers Association. Elimination of pollen can only be achieved by ultra-filtering, and this filtration process does nothing but cost money and diminish the quality of the honey. One ounce of raw, unfiltered honey contains approximately. You guys need to put this on I your labels. Hear that, yeah. Twenty vitamins, eighteen amino acids, sixteen minerals, and a ton of antioxidants and phytonutrients. Raw honey is an antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal substance. It's also highly nutritious. It contains significant amounts of B2, B3, B5, B6, C, magnesium, potassium, calcium, sodium, chlorine, sulfur, and phosphate. And this is the an advertisement for Indiana maple syrup or Indiana honey producers. <laughs> but it is amazing if you read all that stuff. Uh, and I, I know, like, if you go to KFC, they have honey there. You look oh, at it. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's, it's not garbage. honey. It's just sugar water. It, it's, yeah. Right. yeah, if you go to a grocery store, even name brand honey. Well, that's what they're and saying. Again, right. so, you know, Dwayne and I know this, that if you're if you're buying pure honey, lo- pure local honey, you know, you're talking $10 a pound. And you know plus. the beekeeper. And right. uh, you go to the grocery store and you're seeing that pound for five dollars and 59 cents there's a there's a big problem right absolutely there's something that isn't right so so yeah and again yeah a lot of people don't realize the benefits of uh pure raw honey um i mean to be honest with you a lot of that's been known for centuries but it's like a lot of things uh there's (laughs) there's not enough money in it there's yeah well, there's for the for the those for the big, yeah for you know for the big industries right. that uh, right. that that need people to buy the other stuff right so um, no I appreciate that Alan yeah I had I had read that there were some new testing out and, and yeah it's, it's just so it's at least as of a few years ago the largest food crime ever in the United States involved. Honey. honey. Yes. Right. And, and it was, had, had to do with honey coming from China through Canada. all kinds of other. I mean, it was being shipped from countries that do not even produce honey. Yes. And somehow it was showing up on the shores of the United States. Right. And, um, right. Yeah, Netflix has a real good special on that. Great show. Rotten a, is a great very show. Very interesting. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and, and this is not medical advice. I'm not medically trained. So, but if you take, if you have a small cut and you have that you know is real, true. Pure honey, put a drop of honey on your cut as you would antibiotic, and be amazed at how well, fast your well, cut will heal. Well, the medical industry actually has um, wound packs that are, uh, that, that are honey impregnated yeah. uh, for that right. same exact and reason. In fact, I mentioned my sister, she had a very large burn on her forearm. And she received those medical honey packs right. for her forearm. Yeah. So, and we should point out so. It's a great anti-allergen, but you need to buy honey local to your area. Right. So, what uh, is the range of mileage? Is 30, well, 40 miles, it, I think it, it is. It, it kind of depends on the the p- part of the country you live in. Our region, you probably in, 
100 miles probably because the flora doesn't change, change that much, much yeah, here. So that, but if you're in an area, say, in Arizona, the the the, yeah, the, the altitude changes quickly. The flora changes quickly. Right. Right. So you're going to have to narrow that down some. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't go to your major chain to buy honey because there's a good chance, first right. of all, it's not pure honey. And a 99% of chance that it's not going to be a locally sourced honey. Right. So go to your farmer's market, your local, of all things, gas stations. That's right. Home, home, home stores. Home stores. We sell raw local do you, honey. Do yep. you sell honey? We do not sell honey. Oh, I know some guys I can hook you up yeah, with. Yeah, we can probably hook you up. Yep. So we can make that happen. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's some, uh, just like we talked about it on a couple podcasts about buying local when it comes to resources like honey and maple syrup because you know what you're getting that's right uh, just like the honey maple syrup in the stores you don't know that you're getting pure maple syrup and i almost guarantee you're not getting american maple syrup well, you're getting and, a blend and, and, at least on the on the syrups in the stores typically the ingredient list will if you read it if you take the time to read it it's pretty clear it's not maple syrup right yeah that's but right. with that's honey right. but even with honey because the testing wasn't there to be able to prove that it wasn't honey they would often indicate that it was pure honey when it was nothing right it was not right, even close right, right so good deal anything else you guys want to talk about i mean it's been another great night at the speakeasy table 12 is just hitting it over there they are they're going at this card game they've had they've had a bottles empty yeah we got more for them though because you know what we're going to do we're going to get done with this podcast and record another one because Mr. Montag's going to be gone for a week. I know. We're going to have a Halloween party the one weekend. We've got to record a couple podcasts. So for Cross the Line 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and Mike Gardner. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Hey, what a great podcast we had. We'd like to thank our friend Mike Gardner. You know, once again, we have a, a great, great tasting as well as a great time with him and his wife. So the origins of Halloween, talked about Star Trek a little bit, Captain Kirk, just a fun podcast. As usual, if you would, whatever app you're using, leave us a five-star rating, leave a positive comment that just helps push us up further in podcast searches. Got any questions for us? Shoot us a line at podcast at cross the line 1524, or you can go to our Facebook page. Shoot us a little message there. So we're going to do a little something different here since we've got a little Halloween. I'm going to leave you with some Halloween music. But for Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to the Halloween edition of Cross the Line 